Oh, I can't see y'all's faces. Where are you? It's so dark in here. There you are. We got some amazing people in this house. Um, you know, the Lord just prompted me to remind you that you are amazing people. Sometimes we get down on ourselves and we, uh, we don't see ourselves the way he does. And so I'm here to remind you, you are amazing. You were made in his image. He didn't make any mistakes. He doesn't make imperfect people. Uh, you're, you're perfected. You're being sanctified. You're getting there. You're amazing. Just a reminder. Okay. These guys are going to go back down for uh, missions. Sorry, give me, give me a second to get ready here. And it's hot, y'all. Is the AC on? Are y'all hot? It's just me? Okay. Woo. All right. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for what you're doing in us already. There's so much joy in this room. Uh, you're reminding us that you're amazing, that we're amazing, that you want to do amazing things in us, through us, into the city, into the community. Um, Keep speaking to us, Lord. Keep encouraging us through this word. And bring a fire, bring a passion back that we need to carry on. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Whew. Okay. A couple months ago, um, Pastor Ray asked me to bring a word on April 7th. I said, yes, yes, Lord. Yes, Pastor Ray, I can do that. And I started, you know, writing some things down, things that were stern in my heart. Um, and if you give me too much time, I'll, I'll deviate and I'll create, you know, multiple things. So, I, you know, I have a couple things going. And I write for myself, too. I think that's a good thing. You write for your own heart, right? Um, and then uh, last week or a couple weeks ago, the Lord said, focus on reset, on resetting. There's a resetting of the heart back to that place of encounter, back to that place of expectation when we come to the Lord. So I ask that you bear with me a little bit. This is, this is a message maybe a little bit more up, about me and what's going on in me. And I'm hoping I'm not the only one because that would be a little embarrassing. <laughs> Answer that. <laughs> All right, so I started thinking back, okay, my journey of faith, 15 years, last 15 years, what have I encountered with the Lord? Where, what have I walked through? What did he bring me through? What lessons did I learn? Um, there was heartbreak, you know, there was miracles, there was tender moments, um, lots of lessons I learned just being shaped here in this house by people of faith, you know, John and Kathy and Ray and Carol and and David and Kim and others who have shaped what I believe about God in my, in my own study, obviously. But so much of that happens in community. So please, it, 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 you know, if you get one thing up front, don't back out of community. All right? Uh, as I was reflecting uh, on my walk, I saw a constant theme of hunger, of hunger. And uh, for the folks who were, you know, with, with us in home groups early on, you know, John and Kathy's house, I would ask a lot of questions. And, and I was hungry to know, okay, what's God saying about that? What's he mean by that? What's he doing there? I was hungry for knowledge, 
for relationship, for fellowship, for discipleship, um, for excellence, for spiritual gifts. I mean, everything. If, if it was from God, I wanted it. Mm. If it was from God, I wanted it. And that hunger was there. You know, I remember at times being so hungry uh, in worship. Just crying out to the Lord in worship. Filled with tears, hot tears. You know, the hot, ugly face crying kind of tears. Those are good experiences, y'all. Don't be ashamed by the, the ugly tears. We need that. It was brokenness. It was real brokenness and in in that contrite heart that the Father was looking for. Um, I remember just hungering after the gifts of the Spirit about, you know, that gift of tongues. I wanted the gift of tongues. I remember coming to John after home group in his kitchen, me and John in the kitchen, and he laid hands on me. said, receive the gift of tongues. And I did, like right there. After some Papa John's and salad, it was on. There was a hunger for that gift. And he came. He showed up. I remember the uh, prophetic declarations at my water baptism. John and Ray just praying over me. Um, Sister Dorothy jotted all these things down. I still keep those declarations in my wallet. I carry it with me. It's a reminder that I can't outrun his prophetic word for me. I can't outrun his promises. I can't outrun his mercies. I can't outrun the mantle that he's put on my life. And some of y'all, you know this for yourself too. You've received those words. You have them. And you're like, mm, well, you know, when am I going to get to that? When am I going to get to that? That, that evangelistic work, that, that ministry that he's called me to, it's still there, guys. Remind yourself. Stir yourself up in those things. Mm. Believe me, in those days, I, I was higher than I was when I was in the world. You know what I mean? Those were good times. <laughs> uh, and since that day, since those early days, uh, Megan and I, we got married. We, uh, we bought a house, we finished college, we, we, I started a career, and then we had kids, and Megan started her career. <laughs> y'all, get, y'all get that. And I progressed in my career, you know, promotions, and, and those were great. Um, but there was a stall. There was a stall. Looking back now, I, I realized part of me um, got dull, spiritually got dull, and uh, things were flattening out. You know, the high wasn't as high, and the, you know, the, the times in the Spirit were, 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 weren't as frequent or as deep. Um, I was enjoying the comforts of righteous living, but I didn't enjoy the benefits of, of that radical obedience. Come on, y- y'all know what I mean, right? <laughs> I'm not alone in this, please. I don't want to be alone in this. Uh, you know, I was kind of in a dry place spiritually. Mm. 
this experience of uh, spiritual peaks and valleys, uh, I'd say that's normal. And uh, C.S. Lewis called it something. He called it the law of undulation. No C.S. Lewis fans here? No? Okay. Megan knows. That's from Screwtape Letters. There are peaks and then there are valleys. I cannot make my home in the valley. Everybody's going to go through them. Ups, downs. Don't make a living staying in the valley. Get out of there. There is a, in the word it says there is a war going on for your soul between your flesh, your body, and the spirit. There is a war for that, for that soul. And there was a time my spirit was saying, Nehem, where's that fire at? Where's that passion at that you had? Where is it? My body's like, eh. My soul's, meh. Is that not the case sometimes? When we deviate from a radical obedience to Holy Spirit, we just go, meh. And we coast. We coast. It'll be days, it'll be weeks, it'll be months, it'll be years. Um, Build that feedback. If you cut small left and right on the... Okay, never mind. Hmm. I, I mean, I just needed to be shaken hard. You know what I mean? Like some, some of your parents like you want to just shake your kids. Wake up. Get this. Get what I'm saying. And Papa God's doing the same thing. Wake up, Neum. Get up. Smack him around a little bit. We need that. Man, I wish I had friends that would just smack me around. If you get with me and Megan, sometimes we do that. <laughs> Don't be offended, please. We, we, we want to smack you around um, for, for good, for good things. Uh, wow. It was a strange place. And, uh, you know, if I'm honest, it's still a strange place spiritually. Um, hmm. God was saying... Um, be thirsty for me. Be hungry for me. Hunger after my approval. God's saying this. Hunger after my approval, not their approval. Hunger after my work, not your work. My work. Hunger after my kingdom and then my church in that order. Sometimes we get mixed up. It's like, well, I want everybody in the church to love me. But God's saying, seek my kingdom first and then go feed my sheep. Love me first and then go feed the lambs. And I I feel almost um, fraudulent and phony uh, being up here talking about what I want to talk about. And that's a renewing of the mind. I feel kind of fraudulent because I'm st- still going through that. I'm not done. And God will speak to you um, in, the, in the strangest of ways. 
yesterday morning, I'm in the coffee shop. Megan just blessed me by watching the kids so I can get, get ready for this. I knocked out a couple pages. She was like, how's it going? It's great. I'm almost done. I'm on my way home. I get home, and Charlie's been reading in her Bible. And she, she transcribes scripture to paper, a little piece of paper, and she gave it to me. It's for you, Dad. And she pulls up, uh, let me get this ready. Because it cut to the heart. Um, I don't know, what kid reads an Obadiah? <laughs> she writes, Obadiah 3. <clears throat> the pride of your heart has deceived you. You who live in clefts of the rock in the high place in your lofty dwelling who say in your heart who's going to bring me down I got to start over <laughs> that hit me hard from a, from a five-year-old girl just reading her Bible transcribing on a piece of paper that God wanted to address pride in my heart I mean, who else is, is really struggling in this area? Pride of life, self-righteousness, false humility. Hmm. I knew um, I needed to refocus, or, or I needed that reset. That was the word. I needed that reset to repent, to refocus, to renew my mind. I needed those three things in that order. God, if there was anything separating me and you today through sin, I need to repent. I need to come clean. I need to change the way I think about this and move forward. And the renewing of the mind comes from Romans uh, 12 too. Some of you guys can rattle it off, but I want to do the New Living Translation. It goes like this. Don't copy the behavior and customs of the world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. That's what I need. I need to change the way I think so I can learn the way God sees me. And what his will is for my life. It's perfect. It's pleasing. It's good. And if you, if you talk about and you look into this, this renewing of the mind. You know, somebody said it earlier. It's, it's glory upon glory, right? It, it moves up. It's not linear, though. It's not this line that just shoots straight up like you see in those charts, business charts. It's not like this. It ebbs and flows. It goes up and down. It's the law of undulation. That's why I think Paul wrote this. He said, fight the good fight of faith and take hold of the eternal life. That's in, um, it's in 1 Timothy 6, 11 through 12. But as for you, O man of God, flee these things, pursue righteousness, 
godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called. What's the lifestyle that you're taking hold of right now? If it's not eternal life, drop that. Take hold of the eternal life and fight after it. I say it's a fight because if you, if you pause, if you give any rest, that flesh will fill your gaps. They'll fill any area of your life that is not rooted in the presence and the spirit of God. It will fill those gaps. And before you know it, there will be more flesh than Holy Spirit. Been there, guys. There will be more flesh. That's that war that goes on for your soul. How much room do we give for the Holy Spirit to move and root and have his way? Hmm. Paul goes on to say, forget what is behind us. This is bad. I mean, I, I struggle with this too. When I, when I goof up, I play that thing over in my mind over and over and over and over. When I sleep, over and over. Oh, I said those things. I'm oh, so ashamed. I did those things. So ashamed. How could I? I'm a Christian. Oh, that's not representing Christ. I, anybody else do that? It's like... It's like replay, highlights over and over. What if I had said this instead? Oh, you know, beating myself up. And Paul says, leave that behind. Press on. Move on. You've been hurt. You've had loss. You've been hurt again and again and again. Move on. That's in Philippians 3, 13, 14. Forgetting what lies behind us, straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal, the prize, the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And I really want you to get this because this is, this is so important. It's the hardest part of renewing our minds and refocusing. Put that stuff behind you. Those people were important. They had a place. They had value. They touched your lives in, in, in a great way. But now it's time to put that behind you. There's so much more ahead of you that God wants to expose and bring about and bring life to. It's not that those people weren't important. It was a, it was a season and it's done. You can cherish it, but you have to move on. Mm. I'm a pragmatic guy, and, I, and I've told a number of people this, and they're like, what does that mean? <laughs> it means I'm practical. I want easy bullet points. Here's five ways to renew your mind, and I'm done. <laughs> but the Lord said, okay, you know, that's good and all, but let's start with hunger. So if, if I can, um, I want to I reorganize some things here. Mm. and tell you a couple stories in the Bible, and then we'll come back to it. 
God, you're good. You're good. Can I tell you about the woman with the issue of blood? You guys remember this story? She was um, tormented by this issue of bleeding for 12 years. And it's in Matthew 9, 18 18 to 22. Let me flip there real quick. Hmm. Jesus rose and followed him and his his disciples. And behold, a woman who had suffered a discharge of blood for 12 years came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment, just the edge of his jacket. And there was people all around him. So it wasn't like, you know, people weren't touching him. Uh, If you're Jesus, there's probably always a crowd of people around you. And... uh, Jesus turned and, uh, sorry, hold on, I missed something. Uh, Verse 21, she said to herself, if I could only touch his garment, I will be made well. Jesus turned, seeing her, and said, take heart, daughter, your faith has made you well. And from that I gleaned that faith is not prescriptive. You don't read in a book somewhere that says, do this and you will be healed. Do these things and God will free you. No, she came up with something so real and intimate for herself and creative. She said, if I could just touch just the itty bitty piece of his coat, I'm going to be healed. And she pushed through that crowd to get her healing. She pushed through there. And some of y'all need that healing in your life, whether it's spiritually, relationally, emotionally. You need that healing. And I'm asking you today to exercise some creative faith to push through. Whatever that is, whatever God is saying to you today, to push through, to reach out, to receive, do that. And he'll meet you right there at the edge of his garment. Here's another one, the Samaritan woman who, uh, who came to Jesus. This is in Mark 7. Mark 7. Bear with me here. I didn't have these pulled up or memorized. <laughs> and from there, Jesus rose and went away to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And he entered a house and did not want anybody to know He was tired, and he needed rest. We get that way. Um, But immediately, a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell down at his feet. Now, the woman was a Gentile. She wasn't a church-going gal. And she begged him to cast out the demon out of her daughter. And he said to her, let the children be fed first, for it is not right to, tell, to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. My kids got to eat first, he said, speaking about the, the Jews. And she said, even the dogs get the crumbs at the master's table. Even the dogs get the crumbs. She put herself in the position, the lowest position, a a humble place 
a humiliated place. She accepted that, but she still received. Because of her statement of faith, she received. Are we willing to be humbled by, by God? Are we, are we willing to be humbled to the place where he's calling you a dog? Now, y- y'all are Americans, and you're like, oh, nobody's calling me a dog. No, uh-uh, not, not here. I got my rights. Do you? In the kingdom of God, he's king, you're, yeah, yeah, you're not. You're not, you don't have rights. Now, when you, when you come into childhood and you're a son, a daughter of God, you know, things change. But are you willing to be humbled to receive? All right, one or two more here. Ten lepers. Y'all remember that story, the ten lepers? Luke 17, 11 through 19. Luke 17. He's good, and the word is good, and the word is your friend. It's not in the word, but the word is your friend. Okay, read your word. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along Samaria and Galilee, and he entered a village. It was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance. They couldn't come close to people, obviously, leprosy. Um, But they cried out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go, show yourself to the priests, and they were cleansed. They were healed. Ten, Ten of them, right off the bat, healed. But only one came back to give God praise, to give God glory. Only one. Now, were the other nine healed? Yes. Now, what happened after that, I don't know. But I can tell you one person's heart was changed. Are you going to be one of the nine that receive blessing from God and continue on with life? Or are you going to return and give thanksgiving and give praise to him always? It said this guy followed him around, praising him, thanking him. Is that the lifestyle we're willing to carry to receive God's blessing? Hmm. That's where I want to be. Hmm. I'll come back to another one um, here in here in Luke. This is uh, the rich young ruler, Luke 18. Y'all know this one. I could probably scroll to it. Luke 18, 35. Oh, I'm sorry. Luke 18, 18. And a ruler asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one's good except God alone. You know the commandments. Don't, don't commit adultery. Don't murder. Don't steal. Uh, don't lie. Honor your mother and father. Easy. I've done all that since I was a kid. Check. I'm in. No, but Jesus said, one thing you still lack, that's, that wasn't written in the word, by the way, in, in the Old Testament, one thing you still lack, sell all that you have and distribute to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. And he, he went away pretty sad because he had a lot of money. He was wealthy. He was not willing to part with what he had. And the Lord was like touching me in this way. 
Um, not, not about the money uh, per se, but he said real hunger and thirst, that desire that you have, you have to release ownership, sell all, and you have to radically obey, follow him. Sell all, follow him. Release ownership and radically obey. Releasing ownership, y- y'all, we don't own anything anyway. You don't. As soon as you think you own something, let me tell you, that is unrighteous ownership. There's only two types of living, unrighteous ownership and righteous stewardship. We only steward. It passes from you to the next person. And Jesus talks about the principle of ownership and stewardship in Luke 16, 11 through 12. Let me read that to you. That's good. And this is an interesting one, um, if I can find it. If then you have not been faithful with unrighteous wealth, who will entrust you with true riches? And if you have not been faithful with with that which is another's, who's going to give you something of your own? Guys, we, we have to get out of this mindset that what, what's mine is mine because it's not yours. And any guy who's been married knows this. Any husband knows this. When you get married, what's yours is hers, and what's hers is hers. You'll learn that. What's yours is hers. And what's hers is hers. And yeah. <laughs> it's a great blessing to be married and to share all or to give all, uh, sacrifice all for your wife, for your family. It's a great thing. The kingdom of God is the same way. It's all his. You're lucky to have some. He's giving it to you to steward, to use, to bless to honor him while you're here on earth. That's it. That's it. Um, okay. Now, how much time do I have? Is that zero minutes, really? No, no. I'll go through real quick um, five or six points on renewing, renewing the mind. And I hope that really kind of stirs hunger a little bit before we get into renewing the mind. I'm in this place. I'm still hungry. I was full, but not satisfied. I'm not. And, and if you guys are with me, you're not satisfied either. I think there are three, three groups of people here. There are some people here who are on fire for God. You know exactly you're, where you're at. You're walking in God's promises. You're on fire. And if God said, go today, you would go. If that's you, shoot your hand up in the air, like there. There's one. There's two. I'm going to need you in a little bit, so be ready. Then there's the other group. I'll put myself in this group. I'll call that first group, you're the fire starters. You're the spark that gets things going. The other group. The other group's worthy of being burned, worthy of being set ablaze, 
worthy of being used and you want to be used, you want to be in that fire. You're in the stack of logs. You don't know how to get into that fire. You're put aside, but you're still valuable and God still wants you in there. That's that's me. I, I want more. I want to be set ablaze. I'm in that group. Who's in that group? Shoot your hand up. You're in that group. You want to be used. Yeah. And then the third group, you're kindling. <laughs> your leaves and twigs, you'll burn up real fast and hot, and you'll fizzle out. Because you don't have a desire for the substance of God. You have the desire for the experience of being set ablaze. Friends, don't come to church for an experience. Because it'll go real quick, get real high, and it'll be gone. Go after God in a way that you have substance. That you will burn for generations and generations that's my heart's desire. And get with people who will get you ablaze, the fire starters. Mm. Man, I hunger and thirst for that. That this body would be full of people who are hungry for the Lord, who have a passion for the Lord, a passion for the name of Jesus. It's got to start with me. I mean, e- each individual has to say that about themselves. I can't say that for you. Okay, now, real quickly through um, renewing the mind. Five or six things on renewing the mind, and these are more practical things. Uh, they're probably more like things I do. Maybe, maybe you're going to do it differently, and that's fine. But as I was studying, there's no hard and fast way to renew your mind. And Paul says it, and, there, and there's things in the Bible you, you can glean and learn to renew your mind, but, you know, five or six things I touch on. Entertainment. There was a number of years ago when we came to this church, uh, John Stanson was like, hey, I'm going to do this challenge, this 30-day challenge of turning the TV off. We cut the TV in, it was August of 2004, something like that, and it hadn't been on since. We don't have cable Y'all, not saying that if you have cable, that's a sin. I mean, uh, I'm not saying that. But it can be a distraction. I, uh, I admit I binge-watched some Netflix uh, here and there. Y'all, I mean, it, it's great. It all comes out in one season. I mean, all at once. It's great. But there is no show on TV. There is no game on TV. There is nothing on TV that takes a priority over my time with the Lord. That was number one, entertainment. Number two is in here. Hold on. Number two, connecting, fellowship. Uh, I, I, I said earlier, you know, don't draw back. I mean, if, you're, if you want this fire, if you want this passion, if you have that hunger for the Lord, do not withdraw from fellowship. You might have to withdraw some, some relationships and draw some boundaries with people who are not building you up. They can be your friends online. But don't give them a place in your life. They're, they're soaking up time. 
They're soaking up your, your energy. And God wants you around somebody who is going to stir you. Hebrews 10, 24, 25 talks about don't neglect getting together in the body because you can build each other up in love. Don't neglect connection and fellowship. And if you're lonely, go make some friends. I know, easier said than done. If you don't know how to make friends, ask Megan. She's good at that. She'll, she'll be your friend. She'll help you make friends. No, really, folks. Like, if you're lonely, don't stay lonely. Where's the enemy going to get you? He's not going to get you while you're, you know, in a prayer meeting with a bunch of friends. No, he's going to get you when you're alone. Now, can you be in a group of people like this and still feel lonely? Yes, you can. But that's not what I mean. I mean, take time intentionally out of your day, your week, to get with a brother or sister and go deep. Okay. Uh, Read and write. Uh, I probably read more than I write or or write more than I read. I don't know. Read the word, y'all. Read the word. Read the word. The word's good. It doesn't matter what translation. People can fight about translations. Just read the word. It will build you up. If you can't read chapters at a time, read a verse at a time. Those are great apps. There's no excuse. If you don't have a Bible in your home, I will get Harold and Elijah to smuggle Bibles into your home. They have experience doing that. Where is it? I will smuggle them Bibles into your house. I can't make you read them, though. Please, read the word. And write. Now, I write. I, you know, I, admittedly, I, I write and jot notes down while I drive. That's bad. Y'all, young people, anybody, don't write and drive. Don't text and drive. But I do that. I'm sorry. I do. It's my time with the Lord. It's a long commute, and I'm jotting things down. God, what are you saying? Okay, got that, got that. Right, because someday you're going to read that, and it's going to change your life. You might not need it today, but you will need it. And if it's not you that needs it, somebody else will need it. Write those things down. Okay, pray and fast. Well, that should be a simple one, but, man, this, is, this one's hard for me. Private prayer and corporate prayer. We, we have got to be interceding for each other. It's a model that Jesus left. He died, ascended, and what is he doing right now for us? Interceding. If that's what he's doing 24-7 for you, for me, for us, I think we can carve out some time to model him and intercede for each other. Intercede for ourselves. You're going to have to remove some distractions when you do that. Um, fasting, fast the TV, fast the social media, fast the, you know, whatever. The chores, I'm good at that. I, I am permanently fasting cutting my lawn. I'm going to pay a teenager <laughs> to cut my lawn because, man, that's 30 minutes an hour that I need somewhere else, y'all. And, and some of that time is just rest. <laughs> I'm not reading the word. I'm just resting and somebody else is mowing the lawn. It's okay. 
I, I got no condemnation about that. I don't. All right. Um, this is probably in, in order of easiest to hardest for me. Number five, simplify life. Simplify life. Y'all need to Marie Kondo your life, your schedule. You guys know Marie Kondo? You know, this thing doesn't bring me joy anymore. Thank you for it and get out of my house. Well, some of y'all need to do that with your life. Myself included, I have a, um, a car that's in the driveway that was in the garage that I'm working on. I need, I need to Marie Kondo that from my life so I can get the parking space and peace with my wife back. I do. Uh, and there are other things, hobbies that I take on. Do you guys take on hobbies? You join clubs and you, and you, or, or um, MLM program. Oh, you didn't get me started on those. Y'all need to cut some of those things from your life so you can focus on what God is saying and doing. I'm guilty of that. Simplify. Marie Kondo your life. Um, a number of years ago, I, I changed a job. That was, it was too demanding on my time. I think I was good at it. And when there was promotion, it was great. But I had to change jobs to have more time at home. And that was a priority. Some of y'all don't want to change a job to take a pay cut or, or, you know, what have you. But in the long run, you're going to see the benefit. Your children will look to you and say, Mom, Dad spent time with me. They sewed into me. What was important to them was me, not the paycheck. And lastly, uh, also another one hard for me, rest from work. Earlier, you know, I said God was saying, hunger after my work and not your work. I love my job, and, I, and I, you know, I want to say that I do a good job because I'm focused when I'm there, very focused on my job. But when I'm not in my job, I'm still thinking about my job. Who does that? Who does that? Well, okay, teacher, yeah. I mean, some of y'all do that. But if your job is consuming your life and there is no time, room for God, you got to do something about that. You do. I'm supposed to be resting. You know, my, my wife is awesome at keeping me rested while I'm on vacation and not letting me work very much, you know. You need people who are going to keep you accountable to what's important to you. She'll tell me, well, you said that was important. You said rest is important. You said this or that is important to you. But what you're doing is opposite. So how do you reconcile that? That's a good wife that will call you out. Husbands, I mean, do the same thing. But... I need somebody who's going to call me out when I say, you know, here's our family mission statement. says, you know, these, these things are important to us. But if I skip those things, she's going to hold me accountable. We need that. Refocusing, renewing our mind give, gives us more time and freedom to be in the presence of God. And as we're renewing our minds, as you're decluttering your mind, as you're Marie Kondoing your life, what are you filling it back up with? You guys remember the story about the unclean spirit? 
That's a good one. It's a juicy one. It goes like this. When the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it passes through waterless places seeking rest but finds none. Then it says, I'll return to my house which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house is empty. That's the, the, the person. The house is empty, swept, and put in order. Then it goes and it brings seven other spirits even more evil than itself, and they dwell there. And the person's state is worse than it began. God, I, th- I thought I kicked pride out of my life. But it came back with jealousy and anger and division and hatred. Where'd those come from? Because I didn't put something in its place. I kicked pride out and, and I patted myself on the back at the same time. But I didn't replace it with something that would combat that unclean spirit. Mm. Fill it up with identity. Start with identity. You need to know what God says about you. You need to know what God thinks about you. You need to know that you're amazing. And if you're not pouring that thing in, filling up your mind with that truth, that word, something else will come along and fill its place. Mm. There's a, a prophetic worship leader named Dano McCallum, and he said this, The devil has authority where you lack identity. The devil has authority where you lack identity. If you don't plant that stake in the ground and say, this is the Lord's house. This is, I am of the Lord. This, this belongs to the Lord. If you don't plant that flag, set that identity, the devil has authority. And he will use that space to influence the rest of your life. Some of y'all are all sold out about everything. God, you can have it all except for that one room. Except for this one area. Maybe it's your pocketbook. Maybe it's sports. I don't get sports, but maybe it's that. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's something. Something that your hand has such a tight grip on that that can never be the Lord's. The devil has authority there. And he's got a foothold. His, I'm sure his toes are real strong. When he's got a little, little foothold, he's going to be there a while. And he's going to build up from there. Mm. All right. So those were the six things, right? Entertainment, connection, fellowship, read and write, pray and fast. Simplify life, rest from work. Stewardship, ownership. We've got to move to that righteous stewardship of our time, of our money, of our energy. All right. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm, I'm, I'm done here. I'm getting, I'm getting close. Getting close. I should add page numbers next time. Thank you, Lord. You know, as, as I was in prayers preparing for this, God, I felt God saying, 
there's some here that are in a dark place, that, that they are, somebody here is in a spiritual depression. And, and you're there because of unfulfilled calling. When you came to the Lord, there was a calling on your life. Years later, down the road, it's still not fulfilled, and you're hurt by it. You had dreams that you never got to live out. Somebody here wanted to be a pilot. Never, never got to live that out. Unused talents. Some of you have amazing talents that nobody knows about. And, and this isn't like America's got talent where you're shooting arrows with your toes. Like This is godly talent that nobody knows about because there hasn't been a, an environment, a passionate environment where talents come out. And some of you have had passions for the Lord that fizzled out and you're dry now. And you're kind of where, you know, if, I, if I'm honest, where I'm at. There's still hunger. I'm still hungry for the Lord. But some things are fizzling out, and I want to get back there to that place where I'm, I'm burning. Right? And this is where I'd ask, you know, those people who shot your hand up because you said, I'm on fire for the Lord. You're my fire starters. Would you come? Would you come? I, I want you to lay hands on those who desire, earnestly desire, to be passionate for the Lord. Mm. And for those who are that log, you're sitting on the stack of wood, you want to be used, you want to be burning again. That's me. I mean, would, would you come? Would you come right now to receive what Father God has prepared in heaven for you right now? Just put on some tunes and, you know, Judy, Claire, they're going to pray. They're going to lay hands on you because there is a release and anointing that comes from them as they pray for you to receive. Mm. Thank you, Father. You're good. You're so good, Lord. You're so good. We need more fire starters. Any fire starters out there? <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, yes. I guess so. Thank you, Lord.
Thank you, Lord. Wow. The giver can be the receiver. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Um, I, I just I just want to share something. You know, there, I was telling Neam that there was such an anointing on Neam. Um, I, I was weeping when Neam started because, you know, sometimes we can we can think we're full <laughs> until the Lord shows you you've been eating the wrong stuff. <laughs> yeah, you're full, but you're eating the wrong stuff, and so. I really, you know, I was like, wow, man, I, I'm a, I'm a log that needs to really get even more on fire. But that's a good thing when God does that to us, you know. It just shows us that we need to get into the Word of God and follow the principles that Neem was talking about. But I know, Neem, you're not watching TV, but you, you said Texas Tech. Well, I have a Texas Tech connect, connection because... I, I went to graduate school there in 1973, and so I have a I haven't been back there since then. But last night I uh, I was turning the TV on and off, and I caught two parts of the Texas Tech game. There was a point where this apparently somebody got injured on Texas Tech. I don't know what happened because I didn't see the game, but one of the players he came running out of the tunnel. And the camera turned to him, and they said, he's coming back. That's like a, the quickest injury I ever saw. That's what the announcer said. And, and this guy's running back. And he, while he's running back, he's, and as soon as the Texas Tech fans see, saw him, they jumped up and were screaming. I don't know if anybody saw that, but they were screaming. And he's going by, and he's running on to get to the, the bench, and... You know, people are holding their hands out, and he's hitting hands, and he's coming back. And it was like a new spark. I don't know what happened in this whole situation, but there was a spark that came in. And then when that spark, now, right after that, I turned it off, so I don't know what happened. Until, well, I know they won. Until I turned it on uh there was probably about two minutes left in the game or something like that, and I, and I got the, the final then. And so I don't know, whatever happened, there was a spark. But this guy, but then afterwards, then they started interviewing the coach and this other guy on the team, and the coach kisses the guy on the cheek over or to the side. You know, he just, you could tell he loved the guy. He's, he just loved the guy. He loves his players. And then this player, they were going to interview him, and they put the microphone to him, and he said, the player says, because they asked him a long question, the girl asked him a question, he says, before I do anything, I just want to give God all the glory. And he said, you know, something like, like that, you know, very humble man. And then he said, I don't even remember what your question was. <laughs> But I do know that it's my teammates, my coach, you know, it's, uh, it's everybody. You know, it's not about me. And then, so then the coach, he's, he's going down the hall. They're running. Their cameras are following him down the hall. And he goes into the locker room, and they're expecting the coach to give this big rah-rah pep talk. And as soon as the coach comes in, he hits the ground. 
and all the players come around him and they were ready to pray. Now the, the, the booth took it right off. They didn't want to show that. So they went right up to the booth and they said, well, they're, they're having a little time of get together, you know. What they were doing was giving glory. You could see they were giving glory to the Lord. Well, I'm saying that because when Nehemiah was talking up there, I, I saw that picture of the spark. You know, fight the good fight. When you were talking about Paul, fight the good fight and not giving up. Well, this guy, I don't know what happened, but he came back and there was a spark. They, don't, they didn't give up. I don't know who's going to win whoever they're playing against in the championship game. But I do know this, that this team, they're giving glory to, the God, to God. They're giving glory to the Lord. And they'll fight, just like Paul says, fight the good fight. So I want to say to all of us, you know, that spark, I think it's, it's going to start today. You got that spark. That spark's going to start you on fire today. And God will get all the glory. And whatever happens in the days ahead, I don't know, you don't know, but God sits on the throne. Hallelujah. Can I close or did you want to say something? I just want to close. I want to seal the word here. I want to ask the Lord to seal the word. That word of the Lord from, from Nehem was God to Nehem to us. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for your anointing on Nehem, his family, and all the people in this church. We're so blessed, Lord. Blessed by you, Lord. And Father, I just want to ask that you would seal, seal, Lord, this word this, this day. Seal it into your people, Lord, so that we would have that spark to be that log that catches on fire, Lord, to, brings, to, to bring life to others, Lord, by your Holy Spirit power. So, Father, we thank you for what you're doing in this congregation with each one of us individually and corporately. And, Father, we're just excited about the days ahead. And we give you all the glory, Lord. And we just thank you in Jesus' name.